isn't it true that some of the things in Scripture that we, we know are solid, we, we know they've, they've got to be right because they're in the Bible, but they're not really true for us until we go through something that requires us to believe that what the Lord has said is indeed true. You know, there are lots of folks scared today. There are lots of folks worried today, lots of folks confused with all that's going on just medically around us, politically around us. I want to ask you to repeat some of the words of Jesus that have a way of calming the storms in our minds, have a way of bringing a peace through the thick of the midnight. Here is this line. Here is this line. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Would you say that with me? Streaming family, just out loud, wherever you are. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I find myself sometimes repeating and repeating and repeating some more those first two words. All authority. All authority. All authority. All authority. When the enemy seems to be busy at throwing stuff at us, trying to put some thought in our minds, something to be afraid of, something to be worried about, something that seems to be impossible. I don't understand it, but I'm telling you, there is medicine to a troubled soul when out of my mouth will come those words. All authority, all authority has been given to Jesus Authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. I want you to go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Ephesians. We've, we've been here lots of times before. But it's where the Apostle Paul expands upon, gives further insight into what Jesus spoke to the disciples in Matthew 28. When he made that statement, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And in the light of that, you go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Because I'm giving my authority available to you, expressing itself through you as you preach the gospel, tell my story throughout all the nations of the world. But why could Jesus say that? Why could he say that all authority had been given to him? Well, you find these words, Ephesians 1, verse 18. 
Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart, have you ever seen anything with the eyes of your heart? It's like the Lord is saying, there's some things you're not going to see that I want you to see with your natural eye. There are some things that you're only going to be able to see with the eyes of your heart. And it's true what you're seeing, and it's real what you're seeing, and it's of me what you're seeing. Lord, will you grant us the ability to have better vision with the eyes of our hearts. Amen? With the eyes of our hearts. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened or flooded with light so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now hold on to that. We'll come back to that you may know what is the hope of his calling, his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and in the saints? What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet, under the feet of Jesus, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, which is which the fullness of him that fills all in all. Now that's a statement declaring the full authority of Jesus in the sense that he has been given the name that is above every other level of authority and power and dominion. Specifically speaking of forces of darkness, Satan's legions, the demons of darkness that will try to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives and, and wreak havoc across the face of the earth. But he's saying that the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is a greater name than Satan. The name of Jesus is a greater name than any demon that could be listed. The name of Jesus is greater than any president, than any general, than any historical figure, religious leader, any name. The greatest name, the greatest name, the greatest name, the greatest name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You can never wear that name out. You can never speak that name in such a way that the forces of darkness do not tremble when they hear it. Some folks say it, don't know the full impact of what it is that they're saying, and the influence, the impact of that name through how they say it can even be profane, or it can be in a demeaning manner. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, when you don't know anything else to say, when you don't have any other word for anything that you could wish would call forth the intervention of the Lord, you speak the name Jesus, 
and say it again and say it again and say it again and say it again. Speak it into darkness, speak it into light, speak it into confusion, speak it into high, speak it into low. There is no other name. And in that name is the name representing the one who has all authority. All right? But it doesn't stop there. Paul goes on to say in chapter 2 that it is not just that Jesus has all authority, but it is that Jesus desires that his authority be shared, that his authority be experienced in the lives of his people. The amazing thing here is that Paul describes us And it's not a real pretty picture. The ones through whom, with whom Jesus wants his authority to be expressed through the world, in, in, in this life, are not perfect people. They're not super saints. Look at this. This is this is amazing. And you, chapter 2, verse 1, and you, speaking of the church, us, you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. You were dead. You were dead. So I don't understand that. Okay, before you came to know Jesus and really came to know him and, and you sense his presence in your life, did anybody ever walk up to you and quote John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? And you could listen to that, and it was like they were talking to sheetrock. It did nothing for you, nothing moved you. It was as if you were dead. It was as if there was a part of us that was indeed, in fact, spiritually dead until the Lord in his grace and mercy quickened something in us, put life in us where there was death. And and now instead of not getting anything out of it, not sensing anything, any benefit from something that would be spoken related to the goodness of the Lord and his life and power, now, now we gravitate toward that. There's life that moves us in the direction of that which is truth and hope and his love. But before we were graveyard dead, we were six feet under. Spiritually, I've always known the Lord. No, you haven't. That means the scripture would not be true about you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of, of, of the Lord. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Oh, I've always known the Lord. No, you haven't. It's only the result of him loving somebody who couldn't love him unless he was first loved, who couldn't change himself or herself unless the Lord started putting a different want to inside the heart of that person. His grace, his grace, his grace. So he he says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up with him and seated us with him 
in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Perhaps the most stunning of all of the powerful statements made by Paul here is the one where it says, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. You go back to the Ephesians 1 part, he was raised from the dead, raised up and given the place of all authority far above all the rule, all the names, all the dominions that were mentioned there. But then it goes on to say that the Lord's heart was that you and me who were graveyard dead spiritually would be made alive by his mercy working in our hearts and then that we would be raised up and seated with Christ Jesus in his place of authority. Who ever heard such a thing as that? Now, folks, here's, here's how that works. When that drops 18 inches and it comes out of your head and blows up in your heart, then you become a threat to darkness. You, you become a missile of Holy Spirit velocity and spiritual impact that the forces of darkness shudder at. But you know, there's some Christians that don't ever get that. The idea is that I'm, I'm, I'm just a human. I'm always going to be just normal or subnormal or just a part of a herd. But I'm telling you, when it drops into your spirit that the Lord knows more about you than your social security number, that you're more important to him, you're more to him than your street address, that he picked you out, chose you because he wanted you, knew the mess he was getting when he picked you, but made provision. For mercy to rule, grace to own your heart, freedom to operate within your spirit and your life, and that you accept as truth that he has chosen you to share in the expression of his authority on this earth. You say, a pastor, that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. It is saying a lot. But look how clear it is, even in the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Come thy kingdom. Be done thy will on this earth. It's as if he's saying, I have picked you. I have chosen you. I've put you in the places where I've put you to enforce my authority. You stand as my son. You stand as my daughter in my authority. You're not a standalone comic act. Picked out, chosen, blood washed, warded, assigned, commissioned with my authority. 
You stand in that family. You stand at that job. You stand in that place. You stand before sickness. You stand before need. And you call forth in my authority what you're believing that I want to be done. Folks, that's why he puts us out into all kinds of different places in the world. We're not supposed to be living our days in a holy huddle, knowing only Christians and only singing the same songs and always having the same verses marked. He says, you go. You go, therefore, into all the world, and my authority goes with you. You preach my name, you proclaim my blood, you declare my truth, and you're an expression of the operation of my authority in force. That's not loose cannons. That's not running around having no, no thought of what we're saying, and it's all about us, it's all about us. No, the authority only works as long as there is a submission to the authority. You know, the policemen, the border patrol, the game wardens, the, 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 the peace officers around us. It, it, it's, it's the badge that they wear. What does that mean? They are representing a higher authority. They are enforcing authority for good, but where it needs to correct something wrong, they have the authority to do it. My brother, my sister, if you ever saw yourself as somebody uniformed up, armed in the spirit realm, and positioned in this life that you may enforce the authority of God's goodness, enforce the authority of His kindness, enforce the authority of His mercy, enforce the authority of His ability to change and to impact. It changes everything. That's why some believers walk through their life with virtually no impact on people. And others walk through their lives, and it may not be their education or their physical stature or their bright and shining personality, but they know who they are. I'm a child of the King. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. And I stand here in His authority. The one who has been given all authority. I feel like I need to just shout this right down into souls. All the way to the bottom of your socks and your shoes. All authority. All authority. All authority. All authority. In Jesus. All right, let me. Let me repeat a story. Back in December of this last year, Shirley was in Montana, a little place where we have up there that we, you know, we, we escaped to. And she was getting some things ready for the season up there. And I got a call from her, 1,700 miles, 1,700 miles, that I'm tested positive with COVID. 
Well, I'm immediately thinking, me and that Tundra Toyota pickup truck are going to become best friends. I'm going to have to drive up there and get her because we couldn't get on a plane to come back. She had found her way to a medical clinic there in, in Big Sky. They, they gave her the antibody treatment. They gave her a Z-Pack, and they gave her a steroid shot and some other meds. She came home to say she had done that, but she had tested positive. So we just separated over the phone, and, and I'm down south, middle of nowhere. She's near to Canada. In the middle of the night, about 3.30 in the morning, I wake up. It's not normal for me, but it was on this night. And I felt like I heard to my spirit, speak to the COVID. Speak to the COVID. It was the definite article, not a COVID, COVID. It was the, speak to the COVID. And then the next thing I heard was, Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. Understand, she's already gotten the medicine. This comes at 3.30 in the morning. Speak to the COVID. Enforce my authority. So that's what I tried to do. Out loud, in the dark, I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you, COVID. I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you, COVID. I enforce the authority. I did that for I don't know how long during that night. Finally drifted off to sleep. Phone rings the next morning, and it's Shirley. And she says, I don't understand it. But I feel like I've had a miracle. She said at about 2.30, 3.30, we tried to get our time right, but it was close to the same time. She said, my fever broke. I couldn't get enough clothes or blankets on top of me. I was, I was freezing, but I woke up with a sweat. The fever left. The symptoms, the other aspects that had been working and debilitating her, those things left too. And she progressively, progressively, and we believe miraculously, miraculously got better and was able to get on a Southwest Airlines flight, fly home, and be here for Christmas. I know there's some of you who saying, well, that was just the medicine. Okay, since you're so smart, where did the medicine come from, sir? Do you think a demon in hell has got some laboratory somewhere coming up with something to offset the effects of COVID? Enforcing my authority can mean something as simple but as important as taking the medicines that came from heaven to this earth to thwart the progression of destruction and stealing and killing by the enemy. 
medically, we were told because it happened so quickly and it was so profoundly and the release was so great and so pervasive, we're told that medicine is not supposed to work that quickly. Those antibodies are not supposed to work that quickly. It was a matter of hours, if not minutes. I'm just saying to you, saying to you, hear this, church. It may not be about COVID. It may be about something else. But the Lord has the ability to speak to your spirit and say to you, enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. It doesn't mean we're standing up on a chair, waving knives and, and hollering stupid stuff at the devil. You can just mean that in your spirit, you know he's put you there. And because he's spoken to you, enforce my authority, there is faith in your heart to believe it. Down there in the dark, 1,700 miles from the woman of my love. That's all I knew to do. But it was what the Lord wanted me to do. And she's sitting right there, and not in Madison County, Montana, this morning. Okay? So you fast forward a few weeks. On the very day that one of the dearest friends and dearest brothers that I have ever had in this life, on the very day, January the 5th, 2 o'clock in the morning, Al Shulman, my dear friend, was taken to heaven by the Lord Jesus. Jesus came and got him. That night, after Shirley and I had spent some time with with Gail and Stephanie. I was headed back down again to the middle of nowhere where I go to try to be ready to preach on Sunday. And I started noticing this drainage, throat starting to get a little bit of sore, a little bit of cough, but I'm thinking it's that this cedar, it's this cedar stuff. And so I kept on going. As I drove, got there, got to the headquarters, Spent the night, woke up the next morning, I was feeling some chills. There's not a, there's not a thermometer anywhere around Webb County. Down the way. I just, you just, we didn't have anything, but I felt these chills. But I felt in my spirit the Lord saying to me, enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. I'd remembered, speak to the COVID and enforce my authority. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't sure it was COVID. I thought it was, it was cedar fever. So I just I wasn't really spot on with all of that until the symptoms continued to progress throughout that day, Thursday. But I'm telling you, strong in my spirit was that cedar. You, you, you enforce my authority, David. Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. Enforce. So I was doing that throughout the day. On Thursday, on towards sundown, there was a sense that that began to lift in my heart, and I needed to go home. So I got in the truck, Sadie and I got in the truck, and we head out. It's like there's a, there's a hot knife 
just burying its way, burning its way into the left side of my throat. Chills, pain in the throat. I called Shirley and I said, I'm going to the med clinic in Alamo Heights. I got to see what's going on here. But even saying that, there was still that sense, enforce my authority, enforce my authority, enforce my authority. I I got fever. I ended up, when I finally got there, 103, 103 temperature, which I think it probably could have been about 118 sometime earlier in the day. So I go in there, enforce my authority, enforce my authority. They test me, and I'm, 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 I'm positive, you know, on steroids I'm just, for COVID. But they hand me this little plastic cup of some pills. I don't know what it was, but I'm going to tell you, they look so good to me. I grabbed that thing, and I choked those things down and got some water. And then they did the other things that they were doing. They ended up poking me in the hip with a steroid shot. Ended up giving me a prescription for the, for the zithromycin thing, the, the, the Z-Pak deal. Give me one of the little in, inhaler things. For the but you know what? And you, you understand, I don't really care whether you believe any of this or not. I know it's true. It happened. It was almost instantaneously. When I took whatever that was for the fever, I took that. It was as if the fever just vaporized. It was like it was gone. It was gone. Before I ever got the Z-Pak in my system, this cutting, burning pain on the left side of my throat left, left, left. The symptoms that had been so pronounced dissipated in less than 12 hours. And I would say immediately, instantaneously for several, but for certain for 12 hours. It was as if I had never been sick a day in my life. Now somebody can say, and you can legitimately say, it's all about the medicine. But what if the Lord, what if the Lord is saying, I gave that medicine. I invented what will help. You enforce my authority by doing what I tell you to do. And take those pills and do what you're told to do. You enforce my authority. You remember that story about the guy that went to heaven? He he drowned, sitting on the roof of his house. And the guy, you know, he's there, and he's this Mr. Spiritual Giant. Rowboat comes by. Get in, I'll take you to safety. I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. I got faith. The rowboat goes by. Y'all heard the story. Then in a little while, he's still up there in the middle of trusting. Here comes a motorboat. And the boat, motorboat, get in, get in, get in, I'll help you. Turned it down. Then a little bit, here came a helicopter. Circled over, dropped a rope down on the top of his roof and said, just hang on and we'll get you to safety. He ended up not taking any of the options. The story goes, he drowns 
He drowns. And he goes to heaven. And he says, Lord, where were you? And the Lord said, I sent a rowboat. I sent a motorboat. And I sent a helicopter. What more did you need? Now, some of this super spiritual stuff, as if medicine is one thing and science is one thing, and then there's God. You better get over that. Because there's nothing good that fights disease and affects wrong things that are happening in our lives. There's no place that that comes from other than from the Father of lights. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow or variableness of change. Now, I, I, I felt like I just needed to lean into that a little bit. Sometimes I just, well, God didn't help me. God, what, what did Tylenol help you? Did a Z-Pack end the fever for you? Who, who are you going to give the credit for? You're going to give the devil the credit for medicines that work, or are you going to say, wait, all authority, all authority, all authority, all authority, and sometimes that all authority is in the form of pills and shots and surgeries, okay? So that's part A. Here's the next part. But one of these days, the medicine is going to quit working. One of these days, the pills won't help. One of these days, there's nothing that the doctors can do to stop what appears to be an inevitable death. What then? What then? All authority, all authority, all authority, all authority, all authority, all authority. In Revelation chapter 1, John sees Jesus, hair, white, face like the sun shining in its strength, voice like the sound of many waters. And the exalted Jesus says to John, I am the living one who was dead, but I'm alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death and of hell. Psalm 139, when as yet there was none of them, all of the days appointed for me to live were written down in a book. God knows the day of your birth, and heaven knows the day when Jesus will come to get us home, take us home. And it won't be the spirit of death that brings death your way. It won't be Satan who has taken your life. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also so that where I am, there you may be also. I will come again and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Sitting with Shirley this morning, the two precious ladies, 
One is Gail Shulman, Al's wife, and Stephanie Shulman. She's recently married, but I've known, known them for 35 years, probably 40 years. For the last year, over the last year, they have walked an incredibly trying, difficult, lonely, in a sense, human-wise journey. Al, a retired Marine, always fit, always buff, his arm forearms always look like Popeye. I just knew I never wanted to make him mad at me, you know, because he could turn me every way but loose. But in the last year, an infection they couldn't really figure out the source of or the complete treatment of. Type or two of cancer that they thought ended up being bone cancer, issues with other major organs. This fit, strong, healthy man over the last year should have died four or five times. And one of the great struggles, the, the, the challenge for for, for Al and Gail and, and Steph would be that the doctors were not able to consistently diagnose what the situation was and thereby how to treat it. So there would be many trips, and some of you know what this is like, many trips to doctor's appointments from, from oncologists to all sorts of the different backgrounds, the different disciplines of medicine to try to help. And one doctor would be settled that this is it. Another doctor would say, we're not sure about that. They, they would go, they, they went this roller coaster for all these months. Finally, Al grew weaker. He hadn't been responsive for several days. And Gail was praying through to what, what do we do? And the sense was they, they needed to get him in ICU, St. Luke's ICU. He hadn't spoken, hadn't responded in a, in a good while. But. So I end up being down there on the, on the first, New Year's Day. He's, he's in ICU. We, we went in and we spoke to him, we prayed over him, we assuming that he very likely could be hearing something, but there was no response. The care was very professional, very, very loving at St. Luke's. Gail and I leave the room in ICU, and we, and we walk out and around a nurse's station. And I felt very distinctly, keenly in my heart, I needed to go back in. I didn't feel like something was finished. I knew that could be the last time I would see my brother. And I, but I knew I needed to go back. So I went back in the room. There was nobody there, just Al. I looked at him, and I noticed something that I had not noticed before that I hadn't seen when Gail and I were there earlier. He was still wired up. Had, had all kinds of things, monitors, and, that you get to have in an ICU bed. But I'm telling you, I saw strength 
on that man in that bed. His arms were, were bruised and they had, had IVs in, but it, but it was as if his arms were the old Al arms. It, it was as if his chest was bigger. It was as if his neck was thicker. It was as if his face, his face was strong. In the natural, he's ICU. In the natural, he's going to be just a few days from, from leaving that body. But Gail, remember, I walked back out. And I said, I saw strength on Al. I saw strength on Al. Now, I, you know, you'd want to think that means he's just going to be ripping that stuff off and he's going to be you know, carrying his, 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 his IV and walking out the front door. But that... Wasn't that, but I also felt that the Lord said, but in my heart, I will show you my authority. I will show you my authority. And that was it. There was something that would come later, but I will show you my authority. Well, that, so I, I mentioned that to, to, to Gail. A day or two passed. He moved forward to the fifth, two o'clock in the morning. She's in in the room with Al, and she says to the nurse, what's keeping him here? What's keeping him here? The response was the ventilator and the meds. And we had prayed, Shirley and I praying with him, Lord, will you, will you let us know if there is a time to come where a decision needs to be made? And however it arrived to her, she had that sense that this was the moment, two or so in the morning, Steph and John came in. Gail couldn't look at Al as they were ready to take out the life support. But Steph and John, John is Steph's husband, they're there in the room and, and they're where I'm, I'm assuming that they were able to see what was going on with Al. It asked, how long would it take? And the response was a minute or two, but he's been so strong and that we, we, all bets are off with Al. But the decision was made. All of a sudden, Gail said she saw something. She said, it wasn't a vision. My eyes were wide open. But she said, I saw Heather. Heather was the oldest of the two sisters who, when she was seven or eight years old, contracted some form of very, very debilitating sickness within her brain, whether it was a cancer or what the issue was. But she struggled with that, and they nursed her through that and loved her through that until she was 25 years old. And then at 25 years of age, Heather went to be with Jesus. Gail said, looking away, but in the room, she said, Stephanie, your dad is dancing with Heather. Your dad is dancing with Heather. To which Stephanie 
replied, oh mom, he's gone. The doctor just came in to say he's gone. Gail was asked, what did you see? She said, I saw Heather, not at eight, but at 25, in a bright blue dress. And I remember Heather as a little girl, and I, and I remember saying to Gail, those are the bluest eyes I've ever seen. She's got blue eyes like a panhandle morning. Gail saw 25-year-old Heather, bright blue eyes, with her hand up like this, reaching out in this direction, and in the direction that her hand was extended, a man, strong, young, whole, moved toward that extended hand, and she said it was Al. It was Al. Gail would say Al was a great dancer, the truth of which I know not of, basically. I never, never saw him do that. But He would take his little girls and he would twirl them, spin them, Gail said, I saw, I saw Al spinning Heather with Heather's long light brown hair and those bright blue eyes and that blue dress. And they spun three or four times and then just went off into the distance. Gail was saying, your dad, he's dancing with Heather at that moment, Stephanie was saying, Mommy's gone. Mommy's gone. Can I tell you about the splendor of heaven? Every prayer for every sick, weakened, diseased, dying child of God, every prayer is answered in that place. There are no walking canes. There are no IV suites or ICU suites. There are no funeral homes. There are no caskets. There's no penicillin. There's no broken bodies. When Jesus stepped out into those masses of broken, diseased humanity. And he stayed up all night long, laying his hands on those babies, casting out the demons of darkness that were causing children to be thrown into fires. When he was the one who said, Lazarus, come forth! And Lazarus came waddling out of the tomb. That was intended for us to understand as the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. You're not going to have to be up there looking for old grandpa 
or old crippled up grandmother. Everything that is connected with sin, the wages of sin is death. So even the aging process, the outer man perishing, but the inner man being renewed day by day, even the curse of sin, the curse of aging in that place called glory and that splendor of heaven is gone. So don't be looking at somebody when they were 85 years old as if that's who's going to meet you at the gate. I see four men. When I stand to preach, I see four men. I see Al Shulman. I see Billy Hobbs. I see Ross Hargrove, an old friend from years ago, and I see my dad. All warriors, all stood for what they believed was right, but I don't see them as a statue, as fixed in granite or a picture. They are alive and operative and I can sense at times even the verbal encouragement. Don't you back up. Don't you back up, David. You speak the truth. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Being so surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Don't, don't you talk about it. Larry, don't you talk about your sister in the past tense. That little stick of dynamite that just, oh my goodness. Listen to me. More alive than they've ever been. More brilliant than they ever understood before. More fully effective, more able to engage, more ready to meet you at the gate. Dottie Rambo. never been this homesick before. There's a light in the window. The table spread in splendor. Someone standing by the open door. I can see a crystal river. I must be near forever. See, I've never been this homesick before. I see the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. This world has been a wilderness. I'm ready for deliverance. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. I can see the family gather. Sweet faces, all familiar, and no one's old or feeble anymore. And my lonesome heart is crying, think I'll spread my wings for flying. I've never been this homesick before. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. 
This world has been a wilderness. I'm ready for deliverance. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. The worst thing that could ever happen to a child of God is not that this earthly life ends in order for that unending life to kick in. It's the best thing. We grieve. Paul will say we grieve, but we grieve not as those who have no hope. We know him. He's coming. I'm sure that I said this to Gail. Gail, whenever the time comes, you'll be there. You'll be in that room. If at all possible, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. When Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that we can be together. That's, he comes. The splendor of heaven's closing our eyes in this life with this vista and opening our eyes and it's his face. How could it be any better than that? Lord, we bless you for your power to encourage. We bless you for your ability to refresh our spirits, to give to us things that we can see and feel in hours of great crisis and great need. You know what we need, Lord. You knew Gail needed to see that. You knew I needed to see my earthly father and change change, peace came. Things are different. Now folks, here's, here's I got to say, we'll finish with this. Jesus said, after he talked about in my father's house so many mansions, he said, I am the way and I am the truth and I'm the life. No man comes unto the father except by way of me. It's not multiple choice. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. You see, it's possible to know, to know that you're going to heaven when you die. I mean to know it like you know you got shoes on. Or know it like you know you got five fingers. It's a settled sense of knowing I have opened my heart up and I have received Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. I'm trusting Him as the way and the truth. And If you've never done that, why would you wait? Why would you wait? There are folks that have been in amazingly good health that are in ICU right now, right now, with COVID implications. The ones that we know of, that we pray for and, and are and seeking to encourage, they know Jesus. They know where they're going. There's a sadness of the loss and, and much of a great desire to want to stay. But there's a subtle knowing that if, if, this, is, if this is my day, 
If I'm coming up on the second most important day of my life, day of my birth, but the day when Jesus is coming to get me, nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to stop that. Nothing's going to hurry that up. Nothing's going to delay it. It's a day appointed, and it's an awesome day. It's a glorious day. To know that in your heart is great peace. Great peace. Great peace. I want to invite you to do that in your own way, in your own heart. Lord, I've never done this before. I don't know that I've ever done it, but I invite you to come into my heart and to be my Savior. Savior means to save from something, and the biggest part of that is our sins, the things we've done wrong, that His, his heart is to forgive. And He will. He will. He does. He will. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, if we can pray with you, if we can stand with you, our intercessors love the opportunity to see Jesus win, to see him move in and answer and work in the lives of people. So many folks needing encouragement. Thank you for your support in the ways that you do, your prayer, your financial support. So thirsty are folks for encouragement and hope. Just over the last couple of Sundays, I, I have been stunned at the number of, on Facebook, the views, 50, 60,000 views, something like that, of the messages of just of needing hope. And the hope is Jesus. And he's the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Amen. Let's stand together. Streaming family, bless you for being a part with us. I, I hope you're encouraged about the splendor of heaven. I just love to tell stories about heaven. You may have one. You need to pass that on. This is what I sensed. This is what I saw. This is what happened. It's real. It's real. Lord, thank you for our time. Bless us as we go. Would you grant us that sense that we, we are your sons, we are your daughters, and that you've called us to stand in your authority. Not on our own, not as orphans, not as stepchildren, but picked out, chosen to stand in your authority in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer partners, if you'll join me and we can pray with you, any of you who are here, I'd love for us to pray with you. We'd love to do that. God bless you. Thank you.